Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Hi, and welcome to another Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder, and I am excited about the guest we have today. This has become a sweet friend of mine, a young woman who grew up Christian and and toyed with Mormonism for a time. Her name is Annalise Granger, and she's going to tell us her story. Annalise, welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm so thankful and blessed to be here today. Well, we are delighted to have you. So we love it when people are willing to come on and share their stories. So Lynn, I'm going to let you, yeah. Okay. What I, what I love about Annalise, actually she had a strong Christian upbringing. Okay. So tell us about that Christian upbringing, girl. So I grew up in a family of five older siblings and my mom and dad, and we grew up in a small little Baptist church that was very, very Bible-based. There was a lot of stuffing on toes, more than likely. Nothing was ever sugar-coated. And I don't know, whenever I was younger, I never really thought of why I believed what I believed for so long, but God just told us to have that faith in Him and it would get us through no matter what. And so I did, and I always looked to God whenever I was younger, and I was saved and baptized and stuff whenever I was eight years old. And then my dad got um, diagnosed with cancer and was given two to four months to live, and that really started a fire in my heart for God. And right then and there, right after being saved and asking Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and Savior, God quickly quickly, quickly worked in my heart and in my life to bring me to another level of my relationship with him and pulling me into the ministry whenever I was nine years old and doing things for him and letting his light shine through me to bring other people to him that others may see his loving grace and goodness through me. Okay, so I'm going to camp there for a minute because when I was Mormon, the The Book of Mormon is prosperity gospel. It says, if you live the commandments, you're going to be blessed both temporally and spiritually. So you don't expect to be unemployed if you're living a righteous life. You don't expect for your dad to get cancer. And yet you're telling me that would be, that would have been my Mormon brain thinking, wow, I did something wrong for this trial to come into my life. How did you see your dad getting cancer as a Christian? Were you mad at God? Um, For a little while, because I was so young, it was very heartbreaking and sad to me. And I got really mad at God for a little bit of time. But then after that, in the healing and the heartbroken of the childlikeness of me healed, it became a blessing to me that my dad got cancer and that he got sick and everything happened and that he died whenever I was so young because it brought me to another point of understanding God's love for all of us and that everything happens in our lives for a reason. And no matter what we go through, 
God is with us and he has a reason for it. And so you're, you're coming to all those conclusions at like eight, nine years old. So how long did your father live after he was diagnosed? So God performed a miracle in my dad's and my family's life. Um, he went in for his first round of chemo and um, it was stage four whenever they found it. So it was very strong. It was very little chance yeah. of him surviving long at all. But he went in for that first round. And whenever they went back to do scans, it was completely gone. He went into a complete remission. And wow. then he stayed in remission for another year and a half. And on Christmas Eve of 2013, his back started hurting him again. And he went in the first of the year in 2014. And the cancer is back, and it was back with a vengeance, and it was throughout his entire body. And that March, he um, got really bad. We went, and um, it was a very special last weekend with him because he was never super sick, but it taught us so much to rely on each other as a family and on God, really putting God first in our lives and letting all of that bring out the goodness of God through his sickness because our dad always told us whenever he was sick through every heartbreak, every sorrow, every pain, every sadness, every trial we go through in life. If it, or we brought one person to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior, it was all worth it because oh. God puts things in our lives like the, tri the um, trial of my dad's sickness to bring us closer to him. It makes us yearn for God's love more. It makes us yearn for him more, for his word, because we're hungry for something that we don't understand, that we can't truly comprehend because it's God and how powerful God is. So the trial of my dad's um, cancer and death was honestly one of the biggest blessings that God ever has given me in my life. So can you be more specific about how you knew he was real? Did you have answered prayer? Did you feel his presence? So most definitely throughout the whole thing, God just kept showing me in different ways through scripture, through things that were said to us as a family. Um, whenever my dad first got sick, God opened the verse Romans 8 28 and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God who are called according to his purpose yes. and that was God's biggest thing that he put in my heart whenever my dad got sick and through his death and anytime anything happened through his death and through his sickness God just always pushed me back to that verse and just kept telling me to trust him, trust his word, trust him that he will give me the strength to get through it. There were so many prayers that were answered through it of bringing our family closer together because we were always a close family. But the way that God answered the prayer of us asking him that no matter if, dad, if our dad passes, that don't let us fall apart. Don't let us go away from each other. Help us to come closer and stronger together as a godly family that you have called us to be. And don't let us use this as to get angry at one another. Don't let Satan influence us to becker at each other whenever 
were hurting. God answered that prayer and pulled us beyond close together. And we were just like glue whenever my dad was sick and died. It just completely, it made us one in a family. Did wow. you know that of people that came to know the Lord through your family's story or through your dad's death? We knew of one immediately whenever my dad passed. It was my brother's high school baseball coach, Sam Cochran. He called my brother up right after my dad's memorial service and told him that he just wanted us to know that we were that one. He was that one person that got that our dad always talked about leading one person to Christ through his death and his sickness and his pains. That's Coach Sam was the one person that brought him to know Jesus. Oh, wow, that's amazing. Gave me chills, gave me and so chills, girl. has um, so that was like how long ago then now? It'll be seven years in March. Okay, and you said you're the youngest of five kids. Youngest of six. I have youngest of six. Brothers. Okay, and one sister. All right, so you had. Your dad had been a doctor, right? Yes, ma'am. You had a ranch or a farm? Ranch, farm, either way you want to put it, kind of both. <laughs> and you had neighbors that you still have that are LDS. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Go yeah. there. Tell me that part of the story. Oh, boy. All right. So um, I knew nothing, nothing at all about... LDS faith until I was um, probably 15 or 16. And I really didn't know a lot until the past year whenever I started really getting involved with one of their nephews. And after my dad died, all my siblings had gone off to school and college and stuff. And it was just my mom and me at the farm. And I had these miniature longhorns that kept getting out. And my neighbors which are part of the LDS group, found them and brought them back to me. And I never really knew anything of them. I just knew them as the people that had a farm right down the road from ours. And they, they just stayed there. They talked to me for a really long time. We had a lot of common and stuff. And they just, they felt bad for me that my dad had passed and that I was the only one working our family's farm and stuff. And so they wanted to help me and help me fix things around the farm that they saw need of fixing that I could not do alone. So they started coming into my life and helping me with things and were a huge help to me in so many ways because they taught me a lot that I did not know and I wasn't physically capable of doing. And it pushed me to learn about Mormonism and for the longest time. Okay, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How do you <laughs> jump from them helping you on the farm to you learning about Mormonism? They're talking okay. to you about it as, okay. as they're working? They're not. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'll slow down a little bit. So my family, my mom and my brothers and stuff, they knew they were part of the um, Mormon church, but they told me and they sort of in my family informed me a little bit of what they believe, but we didn't really know a lot. All that I kind of understood whenever I first met them is that um, somebody way back when looked in these stones and saw words on a plate and that they wanted to, um, they turned it into another book, kind of like the Bible that, uh, 
sort of was like the Bible that was, but wasn't like the Bible. And that was all I knew then. And it really didn't explain much to me other than, all right, these people do not know Jesus like I know Jesus. They need help. I'm setting out on a mission to witness to them as they help me here on the farm. And so I started researching some through some of my friends that um, had actually done research papers on Mormonism for their school. And then I started researching it. Some online, I tried to stay away from most websites because I really wasn't sure what was right or what was wrong, but I watched some videos and stuff to kind of help me understand, but I mostly just, um, what anybody told me, I went back to the Bible and just really researched and prayed about it and tried to show them God's loving grace through it all to where they knew that, hey, it's by grace we are saved and only of God, because I always knew that they, um, put a lot into works that they were saved through works and not of God's grace alone. So I knew that was one place that I could really try to witness to him too, because that was the only thing that at the time I really knew very deeply that sure. we differently. Yeah. So for a while, um, I just knew a few of them. And then one of the uncles started mentioning to me um, his nephew that was on a mission out in Utah and that he would be coming back soon and that we would be awesome for each other, that we are so much alike and we would get along really well and that he wanted me to meet him. And at the time I was just like, nah, 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 I'm good. I'm working. I got my horses. That's all I need. I don't need no boyfriend. I don't need anybody. <laughs> I just want to work. Okay. And your, your farm's in Alabama. My farm is in Alabama. Right. Okay. Good Alabama. So, um, the, um, uncle kept kind of bringing his nephew up to me over and over again, every single time he would come over to the house and help me with fencing or piping or hay or whatever I needed help with. And then as soon as his nephew got back from his mission, he sent him over to my house with a load of hay for me and my horses and made it to where we had to meet because honestly neither of us wanted anything to do with each other we both just wanted to work but they kind of forced it to happen and it did and we um we became friends and we started working with each other he came over and helped me do a lot just like his uncle and his granddad did and i constantly started researching more and more and reading and praying more about the truth and about the word of God and about the book of Mormon and stuff and trying to learn to where I could help them. And then I slowly started um, developing feelings for um, the nephew. And then I slowly started having a veil come over my eyes and my heart of things that were not true, that I knew that were not true but Satan started twisting them to make me think that they were true, that we did believe alike, that the Book of Mormon was okay, and that it wasn't adding to or taking away the Word of God, and it slowly got more and more and more into a veil of deception over my eyes and my heart, that I didn't hear the truth anymore, that I didn't hear God the way that I was because I was pushing God away and not relying on him and listening to him anytime he was telling me anything. And do you, do you think that, because this is not an uncommon story, Annalise, 
Um, this is a story we have heard multiple times that in the years I've been in ministry, I've heard way too many times. Um, but do you think that part of that is because of the, the emotional um, social attraction to this guy, you were wanting something different to be true? You were wanting Mormonism to not be as bad as maybe your heart knew it was because the relational draw was so strong. Right. Um, at first it wasn't, but then more it got into it. I know that it was because I'm, um, Satan knew my weaknesses and he knew my weaknesses was a love for others and that he could use that to his advantage to break me in a way that I'd never been fooled or broken before and started pulling me and my emotions away from the word of God because God says to trust him and trust him only lean onto his understanding, not our own understanding. And that falls into the category of our emotions. Do not trust your emotions. And I trusted my emotions and I didn't trust God's word. And wow. following my emotions got me into a lot of trouble and got me into not seeing what was right and wrong or what was truth and not truth. You know, it is not unusual, right, for a Christian to be drawn to Mormonism because of a Mormon relationship. But I think what's unique about Annalise is how grounded she is and was in the Bible and in biblical faith. And still, right, there was this time where <laughs> all those things that were so important to you, like when your dad died, you were willing to set aside um, which is a huge red flag, right? It's a warning for Christians. Exactly. Speak to that for a minute. So yeah, I definitely um, started setting things aside. Um, I actually got to where I wasn't enjoying um, the gifts God had given me, which was horses and music and our land, because training horses and showing horses and trick riding and singing and playing piano and going on walks on our land and fishing and hunting was something that made me feel so close to God that I could just feel his presence so, so much whenever I was doing it. And Satan started using my emotions that I had for um, the nephew to twist and make it to where I hated what I was doing and was making me mad at God and it changed the person that I was that God set me out to be the plan that he had because God gave me my gifts for a reason he gave me everything that has come through my life for a reason he put my dad's death in my life for a reason and I completely believe that he put this family in my life for a reason and he put them in my life for the reason of putting that seed in their life and starting that spark in their heart for the truth of Jesus and Satan knew that and he used it to twist it and try to pull me down in the process of not letting me be that strong godly witness to them. So you made the comment to me one time that at age nine, you felt like God was calling you into ministry. Is that something that you're willing to talk about, the specifics of that? Um, yeah, so yeah, he definitely called me into the ministry whenever I was nine years old. That was right whenever my dad got sick. And 
he called me and I completely believe whenever he first showed me the verse Romans 8 28 and he just started a fire in my heart for him and to show everyone his love through me and I started making these um typing out like these paragraphs of different scripture that I would read and I just type it out whatever I felt and post it on social media like Facebook or Instagram and just made these posts about my day of what I learned today and my older brothers came to my mom one day and asked her where is Annalise getting this from like this is not like this is way beyond her years of understanding anything and so my mom came to me and asked me where are you getting this from and I remember that day she asked me I looked back to her and said I don't know mama I was like I just read scripture out of the bible and it just flows out of my mind and out of my hands onto the screen or the piece of paper that I'm writing on and she looked back at me and told me that it was God, that it was the Holy Spirit working through me and ministering through me. And from that moment on, that continued. It got stronger. It got more of a desire and want to share the love of Christ through me. And um, I do a lot of trick writing and stuff, and I perform at rodeos and events. I and think I you have some world records, do you, or something? I, I do. So I'm. Um, oh, that's cool. Okay. <laughs> so you just I'm don't a, do some writing. You're very proficient. Yeah. Horses wow. is a, has played a big part in my life and a big part of my ministry. Um, I am. I hold the record for the NRHA, which is the National Reigning Horse Association. And I won reserve world championship in 2015. So my sister wow. and I ran for a world title in that organization um, in 2015. And she won her age group. And then I got reserve, which is second in the world. So we just competed all year long. And we ran and ran and ran for it. It was really, really neat. So explain what you do. What kind of things you did to earn that title? So the reining is um, a pattern that we compete on on horseback, and it's a Western event. It involves different maneuvers, which are sliding stops, spinning, which your horse plants in the ground and basically spins a hole in the ground is what some people say. And then they'll do large, fast circles and slow, small circles, and they'll change leads. It comes from cutting, which is working cows and stuff. It comes off of the reigning cow horse of the maneuvers that they used, and they put those maneuvers that the horses naturally used to work cows, put it into a pattern, and judged on how well the horse reigns throughout the pattern. Wow. I understand you stand on the back of horses? I do do that too. That is a whole other, other area, and that is called trick riding and Roman riding. And the trick riding is where you'll stand up, You'll hang off the side of one, hang upside down, drag your hands and your head in the dirt or your toes in the dirt. You'll jump off and back on them. And then the Roman riding is where you stand on two horses at once and you go over jumps, you'll run around, you'll do different maneuvers, you'll jump through fire, you'll weave through poles of fire and just do really neat things. You can get to where you have four to six horses at once you're staring while you're standing on two and jump from one horse to another. But that's the area where God really used horses in my ministry work. 
Right. So, I was just going to ask about that. Horses actually play into a ministry she feels like God gave her. Sorry. Well, and I have to ask because I know our audience is going to be going like, wait, that sounds really cool. So do you like have any YouTube videos we could link to in our show notes of you doing any of this stuff? Do you have any of this on film that's available? I do. I have it on my Instagram and my Facebook. I don't have anything on YouTube, but if anybody just searches my name on Instagram or Facebook, I will come up and there'll be tons of trick riding and Roman riding pictures. Okay, videos. cool. We so will put that Anna in the show notes. Annalise Granger. Yes, ma'am. Annalise Granger. Yeah, okay. and that'll be in the show notes. So awesome. people will be able to follow up from there. Well, that's cool. Okay. Are, are we getting close to the end? I think we are. I think we're like where we need to really pause this and we need to pick up in the next episode with, well, I guess there's two things. Mm -hmm. One is, okay, so how has God allowed you to use your whole horseback riding, horse experience for ministry? The other is, what happened with the Mormon story? Because where you, where we kind of went down the horse trail, you were very interested in this LDS guy. You were actually moving away from truth and faith, not necessarily from God. And we don't know where that ended up. So in the next episode, we're going to ask you to pick up on those two things at least and then we'll see where we go from there that sound awesome. good to you lynn yes and and all of this is very new in her life this has happened in the last three weeks or so right annalise and so i mean she just <laughs> she and the guy ha have just kind of well i will let her tell you okay in the <laughs> we'll let her finish so, up all right so thank you so much for being with us on another Unveiling Grace podcast episode. Lynn? Grace and peace to you. Um, and I do love Joel's little, I call him baby Yoda, but I know he has oh. a different name. <laughs> <laughs> behind the him. child behind Robert. me, okay. <laughs> yeah, making Grace a cameo in this one. Until next time. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.